0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our service this morning. We came and practiced last night and made sure that the windows all stayed open so that it cooled off in here. Um, but it's nice. It was nice to have the warm weather yesterday, and nice to see everyone here this morning. We're going to start with the song "You Are God Alone." So let's stand and sing together. on where we came up with these songs. Um, Cam had the idea a couple weeks ago for their theme which was God helping us in troubled times and times like these that are uncertain and a little bit weird and we never know what's coming next. Um, And then I've uh, in my devotions was going through second chronicles and this verse came up with second chronicles 14 it said anasa cried to the lord his god o lord there is none like you to help between the mighty and the weak help us o lord our god for we rely on you and in your name we have come against this multitude o lord you are our god let not man prevail against you and the The main thought I wanted to convey was in his cry for help, he concentrated not on himself but on God's abilities and God's omnipotence and God's plan. Um, So that's where we, sort of our theme that came around these songs, we normally pick off Pastor Glenn's theme but we didn't know what Tom was going to speak on today so we chose our own.
1: to church this morning. If you happen to have a copy of the bulletin in front of you, if you want to open it up and let's read the call to worship together. It's from Psalm 113, verses 2 and 3. If you'd like to read with me. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forever, from the rising of the sun to its setting. The name of the Lord is to be praised. If you'd like to bow with me, let's just pray as we continue to worship. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that we have an awesome building that we can come and use this morning. We thank you that we have brothers and sisters in Christ that we can worship with and meet with. And we thank you that we have a pastor to teach us your word this morning. And we praise you for those great blessings and for the freedom to worship you. And ask that you would guide us in the worship of you this morning. In Jesus' name we give thanks. Amen. If you've got your Bibles with you this morning, if you would like to turn to Psalm 120. Psalm 120. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you? And what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows and glowing coals of the broom tree. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshach, for that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. This morning we have, coming to deliver the message for us, is Mr. Tom Gerbrandt, who is no stranger to us. And Tom, we invite you to come at this time.
2: So, good morning. I uh, don't mind at all being a backup for Glenn when he uh, needs a break or goes on holidays or decides he needs to work on getting his cabin together. I'm glad to see you here this morning. The storm this week didn't uh, destroy your place too much. I trust there has been some damage I've noticed but I was thinking of the power of the wind that's a sort of a little bit of an example for in regards to God Uh, but I don't think it touches anything we think it's fantastic it's great it's powerful it's dangerous it's whatever but God is more. We live in an instant disposable world. Instant soup, instant pudding, instant potatoes, instant steak. And as soon as something becomes unsatisfactory, it's instant garbage. We can get most of the necessities for our lives in disposable form, doesn't matter if it's pens or pencils or clothes or diapers or razors. Even telephones are pretty well disposable now. I think that this disposable mindset has impacted our spiritual perspective. We want an instant God, we want instant spirituality, we want a simple formula for instant victorious Christian living. There are a couple of uh, words, Bible words, that describe people of faith, or in other words, Christians. One of them is disciple, the other one is pilgrim. As disciples, we are in a growing, learning relationship. The setting is the worksite of a craftsman. As pilgrims, we are people who spend our lives going somewhere, going to God. The path for getting there is well the way. The way, which is Jesus Christ. If you're familiar with your Bible, you know that Jesus says, I am the way. Understand that Pastor Glenn has been speaking from Psalm one hundred and nineteen. Don't know long he wants to camp there, but it'll take a little while if he goes verse by verse, 176 verses. Um, So, I'm not going to touch anything that he's working on. I decided I'd go to Psalm 120, the next one. Psalm one hundred and twenty is the first of what is called in scripture the song one of the songs of ascent, the first one. Psalms of Ascent. You probably have that little headline just between uh, the identifiers, Psalm 120 and verse 1 in your Bible. As I understand it. The Psalms of Ascent, as they are identified, were sung, or in other words, chanted by God's chosen people on their thrice yearly, three times a year, required trips to Jerusalem. They were required to go to the temple or the worship center, which became Jerusalem, three times a year to worship God there. Now, as you are also probably aware, Jerusalem is built on the highest elevation in the country. Literally then, these people, as they went to Jerusalem to worship, were going up to God, up to the temple. And I guess we could also then say that when they left Jerusalem, they were going down. And you will find in Scripture very often, there are phrases like, they went down to Jericho, for example. So from Jerusalem, they would be going downhill. These celebratory pilgrimages to Jerusalem and to God's temple actually picture a life lived upward. A life lived upward toward God. An existence which progresses from one level to the next level. An existence picturing the progress one makes from one level of spirituality to the next level of spiritual maturity. So Psalm 120 is the beginning. It's the start. It's where the pilgrim begins his journey up to Jerusalem, up to Jehovah God, up to worship. So very simply, it goes like we have a beginning, So, the Pilgrim's beginning, you will notice as we have already read and will continue to read in distress. I call on the Lord in my distress, and He hears me. He answers me. Interesting that a pilgrim would start his journey toward God in distress. I think that we are all in spiritual distress before we decide to turn to God. Let me tell you about a five-year-old boy left by himself in a truck one cold winter day. He waited, and he waited, but it was taking far too long for his dad to come back. I mean, that's when the what-if questions begin. What if? And, it, and, and he somehow knew at that point in time that Jesus was coming back. What if Jesus came back right then, right there, and everybody else went to be, went to heaven, and he didn't? What if Jesus had already come for his parents and he was left alone? Well, he knew he needed Jesus. So there, by himself, he asked Jesus to save him and to forgive him so he could go to heaven, too. Well, his father did come back. But that decision that he made right there stuck. The boy's name is Tom. And now, some 65 years later, He's standing in front of you, still a pilgrim, journeying toward God. I call out in my distress, and God answers. But notice, as this pilgrim, in distress, turns and begins to journey toward God, suddenly he, she, is under attack. Suddenly there's distress and there's opposition. So I asked this morning, are you a pilgrim? Have you begun your journey toward God? But suddenly you are experiencing problems, trouble, trouble like you have never, you never expected you would have? And have you called out to God? Has God answered? I've heard quite often, actually, the statement that there are no atheists in the trenches. When you are at war, Especially if you think of the World War One or World War II, some of those that followed where they didn't fight with airplanes and missiles and that sort of a thing. When under attack, it's amazing how we turn to God. Crying out to God during an attack is the right thing to do. It is the right thing. So in our distress, when we are under fire, we cry out to God. So yes, the spiritual life includes pain and opposition. And often, though those things come from ambush. They are surprise attack. It's my opinion that if you call yourself a Christian, a believer, a pilgrim, And have never experienced spiritual opposition, it's time for a checkup. Make sure you truly are what you claim to be. It seems to me from verse 2 at the end of the verse that we could attribute some of the pain to, quote, lying lips and deceitful tongues or, in other words, slander and lies. And I don't think you will be able to convince me that lies and slander do not cause pain. The world we live in operates, as you can well guess, operates under the power, the control of Satan. And Satan is the master liar. Jesus says in John chapter 8, when he lies, speaking of Satan, he speaks out of his own character, for he, he is a liar and the father of lies. All lies have originated from him. So if your eyes are open, you will have already noticed Satan's influence all around you. It's everywhere. We see it in the world's philosophy. We see it in the world's psychology. We see it in shades of truth. In other words, not complete truth, just little bits and pieces, like Adam or like Satan spoke to Eve in the garden about the fruit, just just part of the truth, not all of it. And I think our issue is assumptions. It's our presuppositions that we have when we approach things. I've heard a lot, a lot of theories in my time. And I've noticed that logic is usually not the problem. We pursue logic, and that logic works. But the reason we come up with the wrong conclusion is our assumptions. It's our presuppositions. It's almost a guarantee that if we start with the wrong presupposition, we're going to end up with the wrong conclusion. What are our presuppositions? What, what do we begin with? Where do we begin when we begin to think something through? Paul writes, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That's Ephesians 6.12 from the New Living Translation. So yes, we are facing spiritual forces. Evil spiritual forces. So the pilgrim is in distress. But then we see that the pilgrim cries out. Notice the pilgrim's cry. Verse 2, he says, Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips. Deliver me from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given you, and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? I wore your sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. I wondered, did you hear the cry? The writer cried out, Lord, oh Lord, my Lord. In other words, help. I'm in trouble. I think once we turn away from the the cures of the world around us, the the miracle cures that are offered to us regularly just about from everywhere, magic answers for any issue that we might have, things change. When we Analyze and reject those miracle cures offered by the world around us and We let God into the picture when we bring Almighty God Into what is going on everything changes Because God exposes God lays bare all lies after all God is light. I thought of that. Sometimes we enjoy candlelight. I don't think we should view God as candlelight. I think a better picture of God and light is more like a laser. Call the Word of God a sword as in a physical sword, maybe we could call the Word of God a laser sword. Piercing right to the innermost parts of our being, exposing everything. Jehovah God, the light, reveals the truth about me. He reveals the truth about my neighbor. And he reveals the truth about our world. But we've refused to let God be for us, to let God be over us, and to let God be in us. And here's the central truth. Jesus Christ, God the Son, lived, died, was buried, he rose for our salvation, and he's coming back. He's coming back. And right now, we can participate in this new life that He has for us. As we believe in Him, as we accept His mercy, as we respond to His love, and as we pay attention to His commands, anticipating that He is coming back. His return is soon. The psalmist says, I cried out to the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from the hot, sharp arrows of the liars and the slanderers. I need to ask Have you cried out to God? Have you cried out to God, the Lord? then look at the pilgrim's position. The pilgrim's position. Woe to me that I dwell, I sojourn in Meshach. That I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace. But when I speak They are for war. Woe is me. I have been here too long. The first step toward God is a step away from the lies of the world. Or in other words, that's repentance. It's an about-face. It's turning and going a different direction. We admit where we have started from, we admit where we are at, and that we've been there too long, just too long. New Living Translation phrases it like this, How I suffer in far-off Meshach! It pains me to live in distant Kedar." I'm tired of living among people who hate peace. I search for peace, but when I speak of peace, they want war. We have been in Meshach. That is basically a far-off tribe, hundreds of kilometers away from Jerusalem. We've spent time in Kedar which is a wandering Bedouin tribe along Israel's border. So the paraphrase of that would go something like this. I live in the midst of hoodlums and wild savages. This world is not my home. I want out. I want to get away from this. Repentance is not just feeling sorry for my sin. Repentance is a decision. It's a deciding that you were wrong in thinking you could manage your own life. In thinking that you could get away, or that you could get what you needed to make it on your own. Repentance is deciding that you have accepted a pack of lies about yourself, about your neighbor, and about your world. Repentance is deciding that God is telling the truth. It's realizing that what God wants for you and what you want of God are not achieved by doing the same old things and thinking the same old thoughts. Repentance is a decision to make an about face and follow Jesus Christ becoming his pilgrim in the path of peace. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord, and he heard me. I am for peace, but when I speak, they want to fight. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever experienced situations like that? As we travel and pursue this pathway to God, as we begin to journey in the light, that is when we begin to please God. And my challenge, your challenge, our challenge, is are we going toward God? Call out to Him. God hears, and God answers. Words of the hymn came to mind. It will be worth it all. The chorus goes like this. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of His dear face, uh, all sorrows will erase. So, bravely, run the race till we see Christ. As is Pastor Glenn's habit, we will take a time, short time, for silent reflection and for personal prayer. If God has been nudging you, cause some thoughts to go through your mind, Perhaps he's been talking to you about something. This is the time that we can, you can individually recommit ourselves, yourself to God and to his ways. Please. I thank you our great Lord and Heavenly Father for your great love and your mercy and I thank you that when you call us to yourself you provide all the resources that we need to successfully fulfill your calling for your glory throughout eternity. As the songwriter also put it, we surrender. We surrender all and we yield to you. Yes, there will be challenges and yes, there will be pain and yes, unexpected will arise. But thank you that you are with us and you provide what we need and we call out to you. You answer and deliver us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The
0: next song we chose is one... um written by a really great theologian. If you get a hold of any of his books, read them. His name's R.C. Sproul, and he wrote, I I think he only wrote one hymn ever, and it was sung at his funeral, but this is it, and it touches on a lot of the same themes.
3: the show. Bye.